Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Lucifer's Lair. Thank you all so much for supporting me. We're now on episode three and I am just, oh, I'm so excited about this. Thank you so much. I've, I've been loving doing this and I love all the feedback I've been getting about everybody um, responding to my story. I've had so many people uh, hit me up about wanting to be on the podcast. Um, today, we're going to go over a few things and then there will be one more episode. And then um, then I think that's when I'm going to start bringing on guests. So we're getting there. I'm talking to a few people already that are very interested in being on the show and talking about their experiences with either their near-death experience or just death or magic or psychedelic experiences. So it's, it's just, this is so cool. Thank you so much for everyone just being so supportive and so wonderful. I'm having an absolute blast doing this. Um, the other day, I went over to see my parents. Um, I went over to have dinner with them. And my mom was like, hey, you know, I, I listened to your podcast. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, like, what do you think? And she's like, well, you got a few things wrong. And we like talked about it. And then in the end, it was just like little tiny things. I don't remember even what it was. But one of them, um, I know she was talking about like, you don't have three valves. You only have two. And I'm like, well, I got the pig one when I was two. And she goes, yeah. And I was like, and then I got the cow one when I was in the fifth grade. And she goes, yeah. And I was like, and then I just got one this last year. And she goes, oh, oh, you're right. <laughs> And I'm like, Mom, you were more there than I was. Come on. <laughs> One thing she did correct me on, though, that I have been doing, and I'm going to be honest, I'm probably not going to stop doing it because it's so just natural for me to say, is I've been saying un a coma when it's just a coma. Like, coma is the word. <laughs> and I thought the word was a coma this whole time. So I was saying, like, I'm in an a coma. <laughs> it's being a little bit redundant. And I'm probably still going to do that just because, I, I don't know, I need to still unlearn that from my brain. So it might take me a second to unlearn the a coma thing to just, I was in a coma, not in an a coma. <laughs> So that, I apologize if that's been bothering anybody with my announce, or, or my um, pronunciation of it, but um, my mom corrected me. Don't worry. Thank you, mom, if you're listening. Appreciate ya. <laughs> Today on the episode, we are going to be talking a lot about the coma. <laughs> See, even just then, I almost said the uh, coma. Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, yes, yeah, so... If you remember in the first episode, I kind of went over uh, how how me being in the coma happened. Um, and I was in this coma for about four days, give or take, um, four or five days. And um, I remember things that I saw. And as per usual, I did write it down in my little grimoire. So I am going to be reading off of that today. Um, basically, the topics I will be covering is what I call the Venn diagram world, or I've been saying it's the world between worlds, or like what I've titled this episode as is um, the parties between realities is kind of what I've 
settled on calling it. I think that sounds really cool and like at least interesting enough to check out. Um, so we're going to be talking about that, but I also call it the Venn diagram. So it's, it's, it's the same thing. Um, we're going to be talking about the house parties that happen within this Venn diagram world, um, a little bit about the like NPCs that there that are there, and the real pe- people that I believe were real people that I met there. We're going to be talking about them as well. We're going to go a little bit into manifestation and gender in these other worlds because they have different properties than what we have in our current reality and world. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the third, which I've touched on in the last episode, which is that song that my band wrote about, the third. Um, And I'm going to go a little bit more into what the third is and, you know, why it's such an important thing to me. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what happened after Um, I woke up and a few other things. I know last time I talked about colors and fruits, but there's a little bit more that happened afterwards that we're also going to go into. So thank you again, everyone, for being here and for supporting me. And let's go ahead and let's get into it. So I'm going to go ahead and read um, what I wrote post-hospital and uh, go into it a little bit. So here we go. Uh, The Venn Diagram World or The World Between Worlds. The best way I can explain this next layer is like a Venn Diagram. Our world or reality is one circle, and then there's another world or reality as the other circle. Where they overlap is where people in... In a coma? In a coma? People in coma? I don't know the right way to say it now. The people in a coma go. (laughs) (laughs) Or what I believe that this is a space where people that are in an coma go. And it's, it's, I guess some people might call this a limbo. But I wouldn't necessarily call it a limbo because in my last episode, I believe that that space where I was hanging in that ball of needles or even talking to death, that was truly, if there is a limbo, that would be the limbo space. This is a different type of limbo space. This is, um, it's, I believe, and again, I could, I could be wrong, but this is just my experience. Um, I believe that I went to a space where people in a coma go to just be while they're under. And I believe that this space isn't just people in our world, in our timeline, or in our reality. It's just a collective space where anybody from any timeline, any reality, any other world goes. And it's just this middle space. And that's why I keep describing it as a Venn diagram is because one of the circles is one reality that we don't know anything about or another world or another timeline. And then the other circle is ours. And it's this space where in the middle of that Venn diagram where they overlap with each other. So I'll continue reading. Um, While I was in this layer, I met other people who I'm now convinced were other people somewhere either in our reality or from another reality in this coma. 
They were real, and we would meet up and we would hang out rather often. We would go to house parties and we would become friends. I remember exactly how they looked. I could tell you about them as if I hung out with them yesterday, and I'm convinced these people were also in a coma while we were in this middle space together. So the uh, two people I'm going to talk about um, is technically three, but I'll get into that. Um, and these were the people that I hung out with the most and that I remember the most. So there's the twins. Um, and that's what I mean where it's like it's technically three people. But I I believe that one of the twins was one that was in an acoma or was... I don't think I don't think her sister was there with her, but her sister was present. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Okay, so there's the twins, and then there's Nick Crayola. So the people I remember meeting and hanging out with was mostly a boy by the name of Nick Crayola. He was about my age, like early 20s, thin, white, and blonde. I had a really big crush on him, and he took me to the parties as kind of a date, these house parties that were hosted in this Venn diagram world. At these parties, I met the twins. To me, they're the most interesting because from what I could tell, one of the twins was in a coma, and the other twin was rather blurry and was there, but in a either in a form of twin telepathy or her sister was just manifesting her there. The quote-unquote blurry twin, she was, she was like slightly see-through as well, um, didn't speak but was always just around her sister, and I never got their names. I would never, or I'm sorry, I would enter the Venn diagram world, and after I woke up from my quote-unquote a coma, uh, for about a week I was in the hospital, I was still visited by it and often trapped in it. I don't remember some of this stuff. <laughs> I'm reading what I wrote previously, so I'm also like relearning some of my experience. And this is this is really cool. So um, it goes on saying, after a while, it really messed with me. And going back to sleep, I got that fear. I got fearful to fall asleep. Oh, I do remember this. Okay, so what I'm talking about here is after I woke up from my coma, I would still like go to this space in my dreams and every time I would fall asleep I'd kind of jump back into this world but every time I fell asleep I was a little further away from it and less time there and less time there until eventually um, I stopped going. Um, so I didn't fully leave the world until about a week after I woke up because I would still experience it in my dreams and that might just be dream memories bringing it back or I was physically visiting this space again and I was still accessing it for a short period of time and then eventually I just kind of got booted out. So I go on to say the twins were identical twins both alternative black half-shaved head with the other half with clips of pink and purple colored hair extensions black winged eyeliner and black lipstick. I remember running up to the twin in the coma saying, hey, man, and she smiles and goes, hey, it's girl. We both giggled about it, and I said, right, duh, I really need to fix my language to not be so gendered. We giggled about it, and we moved on. 
We went to many of these parties together and hung out, but we didn't really get to know each other, not even to think to ask each other's names. At one point, I was approached by a random party goer who started harassing me, and I told him I was with a friend, and he goes, yeah, really? What's her name then? And I turned and I turned to her, dumbfounded, and was about to ask her, and then I puked and woke up. When I woke up in our reality, one night I puked this white marshmallowy goo into my breathing mask. And I'm going to go into that more. That's very important. Um, but I need to talk about the house parties before I get into this. It, it was the marshmallowy, like, vomit. And, like, this, when I woke up in, okay, I got to back up a bit. I woke up from the coma and I didn't do that. It was when I woke up from these dreams and I was still kind of visiting these realities where I had this marshmallowy vomit come out. And that was the moment for me where I realized that this place was real to me. That was the hard evidence that I needed. And I'll tell you why. So before I get into it, I got to talk about the house parties. So, the house parties that we would go to in this world, um, here's what I wrote about it. In this world between worlds, there's a game show or, or some sort of show that was being released by this family, Mike, Ike, and Ollie. I know, Mike and Ike are candies. I know, I thought it was weird too, <laughs> but it's Mike, Ike, and Ollie that um hosts this show um and the media being released whatever it may be it might be a show it might be a game I don't really remember but it was some sort of media I'm pretty sure it was like a tv show um the media being released was called everything anytime and it was hosted by Mike Mike was strange looking to what we would consider strange in our reality Mike had a human body, but a very large, almost unproportionate square head. His face was deformed, so he decided to draw a new face on the back of his head and walk around backwards. So to describe him a little bit better, I when I was on TikTok and talking about this on TikTok, I drew pictures about I drew pictures of what I looked like in that ball of needles, and I also drew pictures of Mike, Ike, and Ollie. Um, I need to find those photos and I'll upload them in the Discord, or maybe I'll redraw them or just paint them because I've been painting a lot recently um, to have a more accurate description of what of what these people looked like. But Mike, he had a very large square head, but it was still skin. It was still human flesh, and he had almost like, his head was so large compared to his body that the rest of his face was what a normal face size should have been on his large head, and then he also had hair on the top of his head that was like, it, it was a normal size, but he had such a large head that it looked a lot smaller, so it looked like he had like a little toupee up there or something, um, and his his face was shrunken it a little bit and you could tell that the skin was really stretched from his head being so big and so square and if you're you're looking at your own body and to give you perspective of how big it was um you take your hands and you put your arms up in like a goal post like like um you know at football games where they're like goal and they hold up their arms like a goal post do that with your arms 
that is the square space of how big his head was. Was basically to the elbows and then would go up and around his his head. That's how big that square head was. It was it was giant. So what he did was he he was very insecure about it, but also nobody nobody cared. That's what was really cool about this world is there was no judgment and I'm going to get into that too, but nobody really cared, but he was still very insecure about it. So what he did was he would draw a face on the back of his head that had no hair. It was also skin. It was skin all the way around. There was hair only on the top of his head, just a little tuft of it. Um, and he would draw what would be a portionate face on the big head. So he had a really big face, a really big head, and basically a really small body. Um, and I'll, I'll go into more of what I wrote about it. So his face was so deformed, he decided to draw a face on the back of his head and walk around backwards. It just became his thing, and everyone accepted it. He also wore a top hat that looked very tiny on him, but was actually a normal-sized top hat. His dad, Ike, was green and also shaped rather strangely, at least in our current reality, we would consider it strange. And on the top of his head was either his brother or his son named Ollie. And I never knew if it was his brother or his son, and that's what made it weird, but also nobody asked questions, nobody cared. Um, Ollie resembled this kind of shrunken head, but also not quite. That's just the best example I can give. Ike, um, Ike the father, so Ollie is this little, like, shrunken head, almost growth on the top of Ollie's head, um... Or, I'm sorry, on the top of Ike's head. <laughs> Ollie was the shrunken head on Ike's head. Um, and he was either brother or son. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and he was also a part of this show that was going on because he was literally attached to Ike. Um, Ike had a beautiful, oh my god, beautiful bombshell of a wife. And they had Mike together. And maybe Ollie, unless Ollie's the brother, I don't know. Um, but everyone in this world was so supportive of each other and absolutely not judgmental of anything. The way that Mike and Ollie and Ike looked was not something anybody batted an eye about. They were basically kind of mini celebrities there. And everyone really loved them, and everyone was so accepting of them. And their uh, uh, Ike's wife was so gorgeous, beautiful, blonde, just stunning. Think like Margot Robbie in, um, oh, what was that movie she was in with Titanic Boy? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh my god, I obviously know Hollywood. I totally pay attention. <laughs> anyway, Mike hosted these parties and there would be foam pits everywhere that looked like Dippin' Dots and they had foam cans that sprayed out like silly string. So it was just these these pits of like Dippin' Dot looking foam balls and they were mostly white, but some of them were like a pale blue um, and some of them a pale green, but they were mostly white and mostly, or, or not green, I'm sorry, pink. Um, pale blue or pale pink, but they were mostly white leaning blue. Um, 
and then the foam in the silly string cans, like it came out, it came out like silly string, but expanded like foam. Like, um, <clears throat> if you're ever doing repairs and you, you know, there's like, there's foam cans where you kind of will like fill in, um, the spaces or like holes and stuff. And then you can kind of like scrape it out to like fill in the hole, like kind of like that, but think more on a silly string format and, and a little bit smaller and doesn't expand as much as those. Um, this foam was claimed to be edible. And I say quote-unquote claimed because after a while you would begin throwing up this white, whitish blue, but mostly white foam. Um, it came out like white or pale pink. Yep, just like I was saying. Uh, Marshmallow-like glue. Goo. goo. <laughs> It wasn't looked at as gross, but in fact, it was very normal. People would be dancing around and have goo just dripping out of their sides of the mouth, and people would full-on puke on the floor and then just go right back to partying. Nobody thought it was weird, and it became expected at these parties. People knew what they were getting themselves into if they ate it, and it was almost like it was a touristy-type thing. It was almost like that is why people went to these parties was to eat this foam and and puke it up that like throughout the night there would just be this marshmallowy puke goo all across the 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 floor and nobody nobody thought twice about it it was completely normal you would just go over to this bin you would pick it up and you would put it in your mouth and just eat it and even like thinking about it starts to make me feel sick again because <laughs> it makes you just feel gross but you kept eating it anyway and it was weird because it's like we're walking around in this like people are constantly touching it and yet we were still eating it like it was no big deal um it was really disgusting <laughs> honestly uh there were many parties like this they always had the foam and I remember um, you would randomly disappear and reappear somewhere else during these parties. So the moment you arrive, you could just randomly start popping in and out of spaces. However, this was not in your control, so you could be mid-sentence and poof, you're in a different room. People played it like it was a fun game of hide-and-seek and a way to meet new people. So I remember going in with Nick Crayola, who's this guy I kept going on dates with, and we would walk into the party, and, you know, we'd be talking, we'd be hanging out, and it'd be like, it'd be kind of like a mansion, but not even a mansion. It was just like this giant, giant house, and it was still relatively modern looking, I remember, um, and it was mostly all hardwood floors. There was, like, little to no furniture because mostly people were standing around, and it was a lot of, like, these foam pits. Um, I remember one of the houses had this big slide on the outside. Um, it would start on the inside and you'd go outside of the house when you slid and then the slide would go back inside and you'd be dropped back inside the house just on the, ooh, excuse me, just on the bottom level of the house. You'd start on the top of the house and slide down to the bottom level of the house, but it would go outside of the house and then back inside. It was really cool. Um, and, uh... Yeah, me and Nick Crayola would go to these, and I am still convinced that Nick Crayola is a real person somewhere, either in our reality or a different reality or a different timeline. I don't know, but he was real. Like, he felt so real. It's just hard to explain. Same with the twins that we would hang out with. Um, they were so real that... 
I, I'm still to this day convinced that I met real people, and I really believe that they were also in this middle space with me, whether it was a coma or something else, they were all in this middle space, and this middle space was created for us. Not necessarily for, like, customized for us, but for people that are in a middle space, this world was just created to put us somewhere to give us something to do while we're in this middle space. And that's why it was just a bunch of parties and events and, like, really fun um, gatherings. So me and Nick Crayola would go to these uh, events, and we'd be walking around and talking to people, and what like we would just randomly poof away into other rooms and that was the other touristy part of these parties because it forced you to stay out of your clique stay out of a corner of the room stay out of the people that you came here with or the people that you know and go and socialize with somebody else and meet new people but I only really met Nick Crayola and the twins and or that's really the only people I remember meeting. I'm sure I met other people. I just don't remember them. So, in these parties and these spaces, like I said, there's these real people there and you knew that they were real. And then there were these what I'm calling NPCs, which is a gamer term for non-playable characters. Basically, when you're playing a video game and you go up to, you know, the the shop clerk that will sell you stuff, usually it's not another person that's playing this character. Um, it's, it's an NPC. It's a character that is created by the game. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> Just want to make sure everybody's on board on what I'm talking about. So... There were these NPC-type characters there. I'm going to read what I wrote about it. These parties had real people there. My theory is that people that were also in a coma. And then there were NPCs. Basically, the NPCs aren't real. And everyone at this party knew that. And that was kind of the point. The NPCs were made by Mike to fill up the rooms to keep people having a good time. Because really... The people that were real, or the people that were in an, in this middle middle space, a coma space, there wasn't many of us. So to make these parties really fun, they would just fill the room with these NPC characters. They would make it look like there was way more people there, and that if they saw that you weren't having fun, they would come over and try to help you or fix whatever issue is going on to get everyone back to a point of having fun again. The example I gave in this is think like Westworld, um, where everyone seems real, but there's certain people there that you you can't harm, which are the other real people, and then there's the NPCs there that you could do pretty much whatever to make sure you're having a good time. Now, it wasn't as dark as Westworld. Nobody was like trying to just murder to murder. Like People were just genuinely there to have a good time and have fun. It was like any other house party you would go to. Um, but if you had a crush on an NPC, they would also have a crush on you. Um, if you had a really interesting conversation with an NPC, you can continue that conversation, and this NPC would cater the conversation to work like a natural conversation between two people, um, just to make sure that you're having a good time. 
Um, these NPCs were there for your pleasure and there to make you happy at the end of the day. Um, so through all of this, when you would get popped into another uh, room, uh, you could be in a room with all just NPCs. And they'd be like, oh, hey, like, how you doing? Like, are you enjoying the party? And it wasn't creepy. It wasn't weird. Um, it wasn't like people coming up to you and be like, hey, what's going on? They were, like, really chill. They made you feel very, very comfortable, actually. And I'm going to scroll down a bit here to the next section. Let's see. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about the laws of, of this space, of, like, physical laws and physics of this space. Um, but yeah, so there's these house parties, there's real people there, and then there's these NPCs. We're all in this big foam pit. We're all just hanging out. We're all, I guess, puking this weird foam stuff, but nobody's thinking twice about it. Like, you be, you could be sitting across from somebody, dancing with them, and there's just, like, foam just pouring out of the side of their mouth, and, like, nobody thought about it. Nobody thought it was weird. So, the other thing about this world and this space was the use of, I'm calling it manifestation. Um, there might be another term for it, but people in this space could just manifest whatever they wanted. If they're like, oh, I want a drink, they would just like hold out their hand and a drink would appear in their hand. But the problem is, is you could only do that if your world, your reality, your timeline could do it. So, as you all know, in our world and reality, we don't have that kind of ability. Uh, so it made me interesting to other people there that I couldn't do that. And um, some people thought I wasn't fully evolved. And that that's a little bit touching into what the third is, but I'm going to backtrack a little bit because we will get into that in a second. So I'm going to read what I wrote about manifestation. Manifestation was a huge thing in these other realities and really normal. People could just make things appear like it was no issue. I tried doing it and I found it very difficult and it made working through these worlds very, very hard for me. Since I didn't process what I assume was their laws of physics or chemical genes of their reality, I was unable to work properly in their space. Most people didn't mind that I couldn't couldn't do it, but found it odd nonetheless. It was so common there, and I'm pretty sure Nick Crayola couldn't do it, but maybe he could, and I just don't remember properly. And I'm pretty sure the twins could, and that's what makes me think that the twins weren't a part of our reality in our space. Um but Nick very well could have been. And I remember when I did this on TikTok and was talking about this section on TikTok, um, a lot of people tried to find Nick Crayola. And from our research and our little TikTok group of people trying to find him, uh, to no avail, um, we did not find him. So I'm pretty sure he is not a part of this world or this reality. Or there's a possibility he might have died. Um, I believe that in this middle space, it could go either way. That's why you're in a middle space is you're just floating, waiting to see if you're going to be going back to your world and your reality or to death or the next, which we'll get into. <clears throat> Here, let me take a drink of water real quick. 
Okay. So the other thing about this world and this space was their idea of gender. I'll read what I wrote about it. When I visited other realities, they didn't seem to recognize gender as a thing. It just wasn't a subject, a topic, or a concern. They seemed to have evolved past the needs to classify that. People were just people, and no one cared how you were built or identified. In fact, a lot of the places I visited were very non-judgmental and, uh, and intact with those differences that were celebrated. I'm not sure what I meant to actually write there. Um, oh, the differences were all celebrated. So if we were different in any way, like Mike having the big square head, it was actually celebrated. It was actually like lo- looked up to. They're like, wow, you're you're different. You're unique. You're you're not like everybody else. That's so cool. Let's give you a show, you know. And it wasn't like because I know in our world we do that. And most of the time, it's of a cruel space of, oh, they're weird and different. Let's give them a show so we can all collectively make fun of them and feel better about ourselves. It wasn't like that. It was quite the opposite, actually, where these unique and different people would be looked upon and admired and, like, people wish that they could be them. It was very cool. Um, So, like, pulling back to gender gender was not a topic and I remember I remember at one of these parties trying to explain how our reality defined gender and how we put people in these boxes or these identity spaces and um, a lot of them kind of like laughed at me and they're like that's so weird that seems like such a waste of time like why do we care so much about that like why does your world care so much about it like does it mean anything does it do anything and I was like well at the end of the day like it makes people feel good, and, you know, we have this thing called Christianity that took over the world for, I mean, still kind of is, and I tried to explain, like, you, just <laughs> the the way that we talk about gender and gender roles and even marriage and, and bodies and trans people and cis people and policing of women's bodies and all all this stuff that are like really big hot topics right now I was telling them about it of all this stuff that we're dealing with in our world and our reality and they all just looked at me like why is this a problem this shouldn't be a problem why can't you just exist and I was just sitting there like yeah I know you're telling me like (laughs) I wish we could too. Um, But yeah, these other realities don't even think about gender. It's not something that is a topic at all. Um, They're just existing. They're just them. And they're all celebrating their differences rather than trying to make everybody a carbon copy of, of the next person. So let me get a bit into the third and and leveling up so to say um the third hmm, I've talked about it a bit where it's like I was saying it's like a Shrek reference of using the onion if you want to use an onion um or like rings on thousand year old trees but there's infinite layers 
And the first one is the hardest one. And the further you go up, the, the further in we are, the easier life gets, the more, I don't know if we want to call it powers, like manifestation, flying, um, that we get. But we have to start in the first space and learn some things about life and physics in the world before we can comprehend and adapt and move on to the next layer. So in my shroom trip back in 2018 that I talked about last year, I experienced a little bit of what the third is and I was told we are in the third. We are in the third layer, which means we are still in the very, very beginning of overall existence. Now, let me stop for a second. This is mostly a theory, but it's a theory I really think is plausible personally. And and if you want to take on this theory too, feel free. Um, but... It feels like it's definitely a hard possibility, but I'm not saying that this is what happens. I don't know if I fully believe this is what happens. It might just all be my brain making up spaces that I feel most comfortable in in a world that I would like to be in. It's it's very well the case. But um, with that said, this is what the third is. So you start in layer one and it's the hardest version of reality. And I can't even imagine because if we're in the third layer, think about all of the cruelty and horrible things, not not to bring down the vibe, but, you know, all the cruelty and horrible things that happen in our reality, the two realities before us are so much worse and so much more oppressive and but, like, when we die, I believe that if my the third theory is real, that we go on then to the fourth, and then the fifth, and then the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, so on and so on. Thousands and thousands and thousands of rings. And I saw all those rings. I got to float above this and see it. When I was in this a coma, and because, because, how do I explain this? When you're in this Venn diagram, middle space, parties between realities, world, it's neighbors to every other timeline reality in existence that basically if, if we were looking out a window, we could see all of the other timelines and reality is just like laying out there as if we were in a giant tree and tree rings and we were floating above it. So let's say this. Let's say you cut a tree in half and you're looking at all the rings. And our world would be our head, our body. I'm, I say our world, the Venn diagram world, the that in-between middle space world 
would be our head looking down at it. It's not a part of it, it's just looking at it. It's so far removed from all these realities that it isn't even a part of them, and that's why we could all collectively be in the same space together, because it was all of the realities mingling and partying together, and some of us could do things that the others could not. Um, some of us looked different than the others. Uh, so yeah, I looked down on this reality, and we were floating in this space that was around the third ring, but I want to say that we had people all the way from 1 to 10, probably. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, this is all just a theory based on things that I saw and what logically made the most sense at the time when I was experiencing it. So, I believe we're in the third. And what makes me really start believing the the third theory is the way that our world experiences the number three. So I wrote about it. Um, there's a thin layer of... Hold on. What did I, let's see here. So... Think about the the number three. Three D is a big thing in our world. We we experience everything in in three D. Triangles in this world and this reality are the strongest shape. Third times the charm is a common phrase we always say. Then there's the three second rule. There's a lot of threes. And the more I started looking to the third, the more I realized how much our world and reality is based on the number three. In math, in architecture, in magical things. Like, um, you know, if you say... Beetlejuice or Red Rum or Bloody Mary or, you know, whatever. You have to say them three times. Candyman. I think Candyman's four times, isn't it? Whatever. I think it's three. But everything is based on a on a three scale. And then in witchcraft, there's the um, threefold law, which for those who don't know the threefold law... Um, basically it's kind of like karma. Whatever you do will come to you three times better or three times worse, whatever it is that you do. So if you hex somebody, you will get hexed three times worse than the hex that you did. Or if you put off protection and do protection stuff, you will get three times the amount of protection. The three comes up so often. And what's so weird about this to me and my personal experience is I've always hated the number three, until I discovered the third. And now I see it everywhere. And maybe again, maybe it's just me. I don't know. But it's definitely weird, right? Like, <laughs> to me, it's, and maybe it's one of those things where, you know, when you watch conspiracy theories and they just like, 
they break down the words and then they turn them backwards and they flip them upside down and then it looks kind of like another word and they're like, see, this totally proves the point. And it's like, this was a stretch. And maybe that's what I'm doing. Maybe some of this is a bit of a stretch, but it feels so real to me since I experienced it and I don't know how to explain it. And you know what? To me, it is real. To me, this is what I believe. And if you want to believe it or not, that is totally fine with you. You do not have to. <laughs> but it it feels so incredibly real to me that I I take it as as fact. So that kind of goes a little bit into the third. And I'll probably talk more about the third because it, it's just such an important thing to me. Um, but I believe that our world and our reality is the third world, the third reality, the third timeline. And we are so early in development that we have not fully grown into the magical, amazing beings that we could be. And I believe that every time we die, we level up. <laughs> and when we die, we will go into the fourth and then the fifth. And life, quality of life, will get better and better into each timeline that we go into. Now again, I'm not saying die. This isn't me trying to encourage anything drastic. I do think that being a part of this third, this this world, this timeline is very important to our development into the next. We need to know things here. We're here to learn things so we can go into the next. Or maybe we all just turn into dirt. Maybe nothing has a meaning. Maybe there is no real reason why we exist and you know what? That's okay. And that's why I am still, when I live this life and this reality, though I do believe all this stuff, and I do think that we could continue to evolve the further we go down these uh, layers, um, I still am like, I'm, I'm going to make the best of this layer and make sure I get everything I can out of it. And make sure I still enjoy the third. Even though most of the time, it is not the most enjoyable space. I'm sure we can all relate to that. But I think we really need to sit here and take it in, even for all the bad things that it is. Learn from it. Evolve from it. Create it to be a better space. Make it so hopefully... The people that are coming into the third in billions of years from now, it's a little bit better of a space. And that could help maybe the other layers that are beyond us get even better if we here continue to evolve in our certain space. And not just wait to see if it might evolve later. Let's try to make it evolve now. Because at the end of the day... All of this stuff may not even be real, and we might just end up being dirt in the ground. 
that we need to make the best of this life in this existence. So I'm going to switch gears for a second. I'm going to talk a little bit about something that happened when I woke up. Oh, do you hear my cat jingling in the back? Hello, Arisa. Yes, we hear you. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> um, when I uh, woke up, I experienced time very, very differently. And I think a lot of it had to do with visiting these spaces and learning about realities, timelines, layers, and that time, <clears throat> as we know, isn't real. We made it up. Like, one o'clock isn't actually a real time. We made it up based on the sun the sun's movement we made up the days of the week we made up the months we're not actually on a time crunch we're just living age isn't really real either yes it is measured on how many times the sun circles the earth but what does that what does that mean if you take away all these words we've been giving it what does that mean we're just living we're just existing um time isn't real it's not, it, it's, it's the man-made concept. I can go into that <clears throat> later, but I feel like you get it. So in this space, I experienced time so differently that uh, when I woke up, I didn't know how time worked in our reality anymore to a point where I actually had it very backwards. So I'm going to read what I wrote. When I woke up, I thought everything that I experienced was real and in my past, um, like pulling out memories from this reality. So it felt like I was there for a very long time. And even to a point, I thought to call my friend and say, hey, remember when we went to this party? Because it all felt so real, I was convinced that it was something I remember had happened a few years ago. And so this is, when, when I went into surgery is when I moved back from California and when I woke up, I was telling my parents about these experiences that I was having. And I was like, yeah, like, it's real. This happened. Like, this happened in California. Like, Ariel, who I lived there with, I was like, Ariel remembers. Like, give me my phone. I'm going to call her. I'm going to ask her. And, like, everybody in the room, like, had really big white eyes. And they're like, no. Uh, and they took they took my phone away from me, which, uh, I don't know. I would have been very interesting to have that phone conversation with Ariel, I think. Um, but I think they were trying to make sure that I didn't get totally shocked by not learning that this wasn't real because I was so incredibly convinced that, like, Ariel met these people. Like, she knows. She didn't go to the parties with me, but she totally remembers. I was so dead set that these were solid memories, and it wasn't like dream memories. It was like life real memories. I, I was like, yeah, that happened about a year and a half ago. That's how real it felt to me. But it wasn't. And I had to start trying to distinct real memories from fake memories. And I think I still struggle with that of going like, wait, was this real? Or did I see this in my coma? I... I don't know. And I learned that these house parties and things were not real just based on the physics and the way that things worked where I'm like, okay, that makes sense that that's not real. But there's so many other things that I experienced where I'm like, I don't know if that was a memory of my real life 
maybe an alternate timeline version of myself, real memory, or this Akoma middle space experience. I also had the days of the week mixed up that when I woke up, so we, in our world, in our reality, our week starts on Sunday, and it goes Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? When I woke up, I thought the days of the week started on a Wednesday, and that's probably because I did wake up on a Wednesday, that my life totally restarted itself, that I thought Wednesday was basically our Sunday, but I thought it went backwards. So I thought it went Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, Sunday, Saturday, Friday, Thursday. And I was convinced that that's how time worked, that for a while, like a month or so, I had to relearn the days of the week and the way that they went because I would start planning things backwards. Um, and in my brain, it was the correct way. But when I would talk to people, you know, if I'm like, oh, yeah, let's hang out on Tuesday or let's talk on Tuesday, I would actually be meaning Thursday and so it made things really complicated and really difficult. My cat is yelling at me. There you go. <laughs> um, that relearning time was really hard at first. And then, of course, when I woke up going into a continued COVID, because I had my surgery May 2020, we were already in COVID, and I wasn't fully released from my COVID lockdown until, oh God, May 2021, last month. Um, so I basically had another year of COVID and also trying to re-understand time and how this reality works and the, the physics of it and the way things function in a space in a world where I was completely isolated as well and we all already had problems with dealing with time and days of the week let alone like people that went through a coma like me trying to relearn it on a whole different level and a whole different scale um it was really difficult and it was really hard um but yeah the main thing that I learned while in this a coma state and through these parties was yeah a lot of realities suck but oh that's an alarm excuse me <laughs> a lot of realities suck but they do get better i i fully believe that it does get better that humanity does evolve and get better if if this theory is even real but on the off chance that it's not and we're just ants on a floating rock in space for no reason and there's no rhyme or reason as to why we're here there's no gods there's no other beings we're just existing and we've created this space in this world where we pay to live here <laughs> um and we do just die and go into the dirt and we don't have any form of recreation. We're just a cog in the machine that is Earth. We should live life that way and not depend on 
possibly going into this next and being like, well, it'll be better the next time around. I don't think it's productive for us to think that way. I think what we should be doing is taking the time to make this world as best as we possibly can on the off chance that we do just end up as dirt. And so the people after us and the experiences after us and the world that we create after us could be these wonderful, amazing worlds that we wish it was and these realities that are evolving and creating all these wonderful things. If we tap into it here and evolve here, we don't have to depend on going into the next. We could experience it here. We could experience it now. So like I said, even though I do believe that we could move on to this next space and this next world, I think we should really focus on trying to make this space in this world as best as we possibly can. So thank you so much <laughs> for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that you liked it. And um, next episode, I think, is when I'm going to talk about lucid dreaming and then some of the nightmares that I actually experienced in my acoma and just kind of wrapping up my story in my grimoire. Um, if anybody has any questions, please send them to me. If you're in the Discord, um, throw them into the podcast chat of any questions, and I'll do a full AMA next week. I'll also post on Twitter and read off any questions about my experience, and we'll go from there. Eventually, I will have an episode about religion. I don't know if that would be the following episode or not, but we'll definitely talk about it. So if you have any questions about that, please feel free to ask, and we'll go over all of your questions next week. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you all had a lovely time listening to my my brain's thoughts. <laughs> and I hope to see y'all next week. Goodbye.